This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masala with the RidingStoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time. Seek to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. All right. Well, welcome into the show. It is Friday, July 8th, 2022. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And yes, I am Aaron Montgomery. I am alive. <laughs> and you could find me over at oursuccessgroup.com. Uh, so Terry, today, why not, right? This is the two regular guys. We had to make a quick change, a quick pivot. Uh, fortunately, we uh, are blessed with uh, that opportunity, that ability to make that quick pivot. And uh, we are asking our own Eric Campbell to be our guest today. And he's going to talk to us about one of his favorite topics, non-decorating skills that matter for decorators. So uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, you know, who knows if this will become a multi-part uh, show, Terry. I, I, the three of us all on at the same time? What are the About a topic no, that I we all really enjoy? I don't we'll know. we right on time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> so anyways, let's, uh, let's say good morning to some of the regulators here really quick. And, um, and also, first, I have to give a special thanks to both you and Eric for holding down the fort for the last two weeks. Uh, my, uh, I am sitting down. I, I didn't get the desk adjusted in time, but uh, <laughs> I did some math on the way home yesterday. And uh, we, over the last three weeks, we put 5,000 miles on our car. So um, that's incredible. It, that, that's <laughs> like, that's like across the country and two thirds of the way back. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, it was a great trip though. And we'll, we'll, we could talk about that later, but let's check in with some of the regulators. We had Cindy checking in this morning. Good morning, Cindy. And uh, Eric, good morning to everybody there. So we have Justus checking in from Sweden. And uh, let's see here. Crystal says, morning. Got to go find headphones so I can hear over the machine stitching away. That's great. Uh, uh, they, Look at uh, that. <laughs> making money and listening to regular guys all at the same time. I love it. So <laughs> and we've got Rich. Good morning. And uh, Todd from Fat Dad Wholesale checking in. Good morning, Todd. Um, and then, uh, Kristen, thank you. It is good to be back too. I, I did get to see Kristen on that 5,000 mile road trip. She was one of the judges out there at skills USA. So, um, I, I will, uh, get settled back in and have a little bit better recap here. One of these days, maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, let's see here. Thank you, Ramona. I appreciate you saying so. And, uh, Cindy, I did drive across the top of Texas. Yeah, actually yesterday morning at 7 AM, I was in Amarillo, Texas. And um, you were literally in Amarillo by morning in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, we slept there. And then, so yes, I was Amarillo in the morning when I got up, <laughs> um, crazy enough, I decided to, uh, let's go ahead and drive all the way home from Amarillo, which is about 11 hour drive. And then got home, had a half hour at home to change it to my volleyball gear, and then went and played volleyball at 9.30 last night. So, Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'm a glutton for punishment, but I had a blast. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Well, let's, Terry, let's hit a quick news item that you, uh, you've got that came across our desk here. I saw this also, but I appreciate you adding that. Um, Fiery, the digital front end of DFE, um, digital front end, which is what that is, and a workflow business of EFI, Electronics for Imaging, 
They announced that they have acquired CadLink Technology Corporation, an industry-leading software company that delivers solutions for the high-growth areas of digital direct-to-garment and direct-to-film printing. So um, we'll have, Eric's got it right there, bit.ly, uh, bit.lyeficad, if you want to go check that out, if you're a podcast listener, if you're catching a live, you can also scan the QR code up in the top right corner of your screen to get over to that uh, article. That's pretty interesting, Terry. Um, what it, I know you yeah. work closely with Catlink. Anything that you're concerned about or what do you think is going to be good? I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I, I thought it was very interesting, though. And for people who don't know, for screen printers out there, Catlink uh, out of Canada, they're the company that, that invented uh, RIP software for screen printers to make film positives uh, many years ago. And so... Uh, they have been in a part of the garment decorating industry for a long, long time. So, you know, probably just a little bit, as, as we keep saying, a little more consolidation in the industry. But uh, interesting news, though. Yeah, definitely interesting news. And, um, you know, I saw a couple of posts from some of the different folks from Cadlink that uh, I'm friends with on social media. And uh, they all seem to be very positive about it. You know, nobody uh, seemed like they were concerned. It sounds like that Cadlink will continue to operate kind of as a separate entity and then take hopefully take advantage of what comes from being acquired by a larger company. You know, we're, we're like you said, we we're seeing more and more. That, I don't know if it's more and more. We're, we've seen some of that recently with the Printavo inks, print ink Tavo. What is that? <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> whatever it becomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But you know, if if uh, if my company, uh, the company I work for, merges with another company, I'm gonna be very very positive about that because uh, there's somebody over there that does the exact same job as me. So uh, I would like to keep my job. So gung ho. <laughs> <laughs> very good point. Very good point. Uh, I don't know, but I might give you a chance to retire. Actually, Terry, I don't know. True. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I All right. Been talking about for how many years, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the last. Oh, okay. All right. You love it too much. You just can't help yourself. You, you like <laughs> us too much. <laughs> no California. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Awesome. All right. Well, congrats to the folks at Cadlink and EFI. We'll see how that goes. And and like Terry says, yeah, they've been involved in garment decorating for a long time. In fact, you know, many of the products that we used to sell were kind of white labels of those products too. Right. Back in our early days in this, well, my early days in this industry. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, Terry, um, you have been a fantastic keeper of the dad jokes, even uh, keeping an extra set on hand at the bottom of our outline. So just uh, in case. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I've uh, been remiss. I have seen some things across social. In fact, uh, Yosta sent me one that I'll need to add to the data base there, but um, not for today. <laughs> so are right. you ready for today though, sir? Yeah, this is kind of a sad tale. Uh, it, did you guys know that every morning when I leave the house, a bike comes out of nowhere and runs over me? I did not know that, Terry. What it, happens? It's a, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> well, I see the old head shake over there. <laughs> uh, that one that one was not the positive head shake either, Terry. No, so, it was uh, not. <laughs> oh, my. All, All right. right. Well, well, I feel we'll, like I'm fully welcome back now, Terry. That was good. That was, uh, very you, awesome. You can, uh, you can be there on camera chuckling at whatever Todd says about that joke. And uh, I will go on to say uh, <laughs> we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Guys podcast. We are always looking for new guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com slash two. 
the number two, regular guys with your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys with all of your industry friends so they can become regulators too. And we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, or wherever you listen to uh, your podcast. If you're watching us live right now, join in with your comments and questions. We would all like to, uh, to uh, share your ideas and your questions as well. Yeah, indeed. I'm looking forward to interacting with the regulators again, Terry. And um, Todd did not disappoint here, Terry, by the way. He said, I'm going to have to backpedal away from that one. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, okay. I can get way down in that rabbit hole. Let's let's not. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, let's hear a quick word about uh, a week from tomorrow. I've got a workshop that uh, we're doing on strategic business planning, and uh, I want to share that with everybody here. So let's hear a quick word about that. As small business owners, we face a lot of challenges. And lately, words like inflation, fear, recession, war, strife are all coming up more and more. And many times we think the best course of action is just to dive right in and have no plan. We end up wasting time. We end up wasting money. We get overwhelmed. We feel frustrated. But the better option is to have a strategic plan. Then nothing's wasted, we're more efficient, we have confidence, we have clarity, and we have purpose. Dr. Stephen Covey said, all things are created twice. There's a mental or first creation and a physical or second creation. So we've created a workshop called Growing Your Business Effortlessly. This is going to happen on July 15th, and we can't wait to work with you on your strategic plan. That way you end up with more clarity, confidence, and purpose inside of your business. We're going to cover these five topics and more. If you go to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash grow, you can learn more and you can register right there. We have two options. There's the live workshop that's available for only $29, or you can be part of the VIP experience and get that live workshop plus recorded access and much, much more. Go to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash grow to register. There are limited seats available, so sign up right away. All right. Well, I'm really excited about that workshop, Terry. So uh, I've got yeah. people signing up. And uh, in fact, uh, I see a couple of regulators jo joining us here, Nikki at, at Demkowitz. I got it right. <laughs> uh, she was kind enough to share in her group and I uh, really appreciate that. And also Sheila Ryan. Good morning. And, and Sheila shared that workshop out there as well. So thank you guys so much for that. I'm really excited about that happening, Terry. So in fact, I kind of got really excited about it because of the things we're going to be discussing today, too. So, <laughs> it all ties in. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't even plan that. So, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, so what was it? Uh, mid afternoon yesterday when we were notified that, hey, I can't make it to your show. Uh, and, uh, and Eric uh, immediately volunteered. So, he did. Was, he did. There was no coercion or anything. No, no, no. We did not have to drag him kicking and screaming. Uh, he he stepped up as he always does. So, well, <laughs> speaking of that, Terry, you think we should uh, roll into that segment of our show here? I, I think we should. After saying good morning, Kim Johnson, by the way. So um, <laughs> good morning, Kim Johnson. It is Friday. Yes, I'm excited. All right. Well, here we go. 
Eric Campbell is an award-winning machine embroidery digitizer and designer, frequently contributing to the embroidery industry resources, including hosting his weekly show, The Take Up. Eric has done many jobs in the industry from creating and managing e-commerce properties to social media and marketing to establishing and managing relationships between vendors and industry businesses. Eric is an evangelist for the craft a stitch obsessed embroiderer believer and firmly holds to constant lifelong learning and the free exchange of techniques and experience through conversations with his fellow embroiderers, the reciprocators. Today we want to talk about some of the areas that well, don't let, get Let a... me finish here with uh, introducing Eric, Terry, sorry oh, to, to sorry. interrupt there. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I, uh, I jumped off course there because I was trying to make a joke and I should really stop doing that. Um, <laughs> Uh, he is also the producer and frequent contributor to the popular Two Regular Guys podcast, lending his unique embroidery experience to the mix. Welcome in to the program, Mr. Eric Campbell. Hey, yeah, I forgot to say you got to push the button too. So. <laughs> oh no, I'm still pushing buttons. I know. <laughs> Just because I jumped in doesn't mean I don't get to be off the other job. That's, that's how it is. I, I thought that was my job to always be pushing people's buttons, but I... I thought that was figuratively. My, my, my position in, in the show. <laughs> figuratively. I, I literally push the buttons. <laughs> you figuratively push the buttons. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we want to talk about some of the areas that don't get as much press as the nuts and bolts training that, that's out there. Uh, sure. Like how to digitize, how, how to print, hoop, et cetera. Um, that area of education has really blossomed in the last 10 to 20 years, but what about the skills business owners need to operate their business? 99 uh, businesses every day. 99% yeah. of decorators don't come out of business school to start their businesses. And I would venture to say it might even be a hundred percent. Good chance of that. So, <laughs> armed with my degree in journalism. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> so let's talk about diversity and uh, Eric, uh, your degree is not in embroidery, right? No, uh, not at all. <laughs> talk to us about how the different backgrounds decorators often come from and end up uh, as strengths in their businesses and uh, in their creative lives. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big chunk of things to cover because, I mean, we talked a little bit about the business side of it and we're talking about what things, you know, things come up as strengths and you're totally right. Um, my background is absolutely not in embroidery. I didn't dream at all that I'd be doing this. There was no like, you know, 10 year old Eric sitting down with threads wishing to be an embroiderer. That did not happen. So for everybody who who feels that way, I mean, I, I know people who are like that, who have these dreams and, and follow them through their whole lives. I slid on fire sideways into uh, embroidery as a career and uh, have stayed with it throughout. But I, I think the thing that's funny about this is, I know a lot of decorators who are like that. I mean, Terry, you're like that. Aaron, you didn't start out in apparel decoration. Very few of the people I know who are in apparel decoration, even at the highest levels, started out trying to do it. And I think it's actually the diversity of experiences that we have that kind of makes us not only interesting, but kind of it becomes a strength for people. Flatly. I mean, really becomes a strength, whether it's the business stuff or it's the creative stuff. I really think that a lot of it comes down to uh, these different backgrounds lending us skills that help. And I'd say for me, and I know I actually I would argue, Terry, I, I'm sure you're on the same boat with this, that uh, our ability to communicate was definitely influenced by the schooling that we did. I, my degree is primarily in medieval studies, but via English. I was a you know, I, I wrote quite a lot. And I think 
being able to communicate and write and communicate clearly made a huge difference to my abilities, even though, as as I always talk about for the people, I was an art, art school student. I have one semester of art. I mean, I did a lot of design education by myself after the fact, but I did not come out of this from art school. You know, I don't have a BFA. I, I flatly do not have art education like that under my belt, aside from the stuff I did by myself after I was already a digitizer. Yeah. But the, the ability to communicate has made the absolute difference in everything else I've done. And especially when we talk about the business stuff, when we're talking about pitching to a client, we're talking about formulating a business plan, we're talking about dis discussing with people what our business is, uh, marketing, any of that, all of it is enhanced um, by the ability to communicate, think logically, put up a logical argument. And a lot of that is some stuff I got out of being kind of educated in other ways, being educated for medieval studies, writing papers in the kind of academic world. I'm not saying everybody needs to go do that. Not everybody needs to go write academic papers, but I think everybody comes to this, whether you're coming from a trade or you're coming from different kinds of education, you are coming to apparel decoration with something that probably will lend you some help if you look for where it overlaps with the rest of our business world. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you're exactly correct. And, and so whatever our background that we do have that, that in our, in our toolbox of things. And, and obviously, you know, with my degree in journalism, it's not just the hundreds and hundreds of articles I've written, but yeah, Hey, at job descriptions and, and, and things like that, uh, have, have, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the strengths that I have when I brought that I brought to my screen printing business. So. Yeah. Well, how about, um, 458 descriptions for podcasts, right? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> true enough. It's true. true. I think people really don't, they sell communication as something that's not that critical, but I think it's massive. And that doesn't mean that everybody needs to go out and get degrees in some sort of writing or technical writing or anything else. What I do think, however, is that there are skills. And also I want to talk about soft skills, because I'll say one of the other things I think uh, about folks who kind of do go for some broader education, I agree, include self-education. I come from a, a more working class household uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not coming to you from a long line of people with doctorates. That is not the case. Um, that's, I definitely have a great love for the trades just because I come out here with a degree. I did a lot of my early work. I mean, I was, my first job was as a baker, believe it or not. I was a baker at a bagel chain. That was the first thing I ever did for, for money. My dad was a mechanic. My mom, uh, seamstress and warehouse manager and, and did purchasing for a company. These are the kind of things that everybody does, but they come to things with this different skill set. You might have organization as part of your skill set. You might have something else that's unrelated, but it comes to be there. Unlike, though, I want to bring up a comment. I love this. Yeah. Uh, unless we're Ramona, who has us all beat, uh, some of us planned ahead. <laughs> I have two years in business administration. You are a unicorn. <laughs> she's a good digitizer who can do business administration. But this is what I love. Her secondary comment is what I love the most about that, though. Uh, I just didn't know what I was going to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a lot of us. I mean, I, yeah. I think that we sometimes sell the technical stuff. It, it's really easy for us to understand. I need to learn how to screen print. I need to learn how to embroider. I need to learn how to digitize. I need to learn how to sublimate. Yes, of course you do. But if you ignore everything else, including stuff like soft skills, like uh, emotional intelligence, uh, curiosity, the ability to be uh to persevere in when things are rough, uh, dealing yeah. with honestly the emotional problems of yourself and your employees. 
all of these things go into whether or not a business is successful and some of it is very much off the beaten track and is not going to be in your in, you know in your local kind of trade show catalog of stuff you're going to learn <laughs> but it's stuff you should probably cultivate yeah yeah uh, that's that's a really good point and, and eric you know i think the other great thing that this brings up is like you said th those facts that then you know what what our training what you know kind of what our skills are yeah. um become part of what our company are you know uh, Kristen says me too ramona you know so it, it is about 99 percent based on my current quick math no just kidding um yeah. <laughs> but but you know with terry with the communication and and the writing and you know you with your your background there um i think all that is really important for the regulators to understand is that we don't want to go okay well now i'm a sublimator now i'm an embroiderer now i'm a screen printer now i'm a direct to garment guy whatever um that doesn't mean that how you run your business shouldn't you know use those skills that you brought to the table from wherever right i mean we see it all the time you know people that are very interested in music and bands and things like that you know where do they start they start with music and bands and and they you know that becomes their niche that becomes what they're interested in right and so um i think for the regulators to kind of embrace those other skills that they have and like you said don't don't shy away from those soft skills. So we can we can talk more about those here in, in a little oh, bit. Yeah. Well, there's skills that you have and then skills that you cultivate. And I think in both cases, we we kind of get we give short shrift to skills that aren't technical skills directly related to decoration. Do we need all of those? Absolutely. You're never getting away from the technical skills. We need those. And we're all going to keep teaching those every yeah. day later today <laughs> on the live show. <laughs> I'll be teaching some of those skills. Um, but if you ever uh, turn into one of my classes, you'll find that I like to sneak in other content. And the other content I sneak in is usually this kind of soft skill stuff or this unrelated stuff. And kind of what I say about this creatively is I, I teach people to consume broadly and create with focus. Uh, cast a wide net because the things that you're interested in both in your kind of creative categories and in the things that you think of as these skills um, the things that you have that you cast broadly and kind of bring in you take this full experience of a life and bring it in and bring it to bear on your work it it does create kind of the unique culture of your business and it can inform a lot of things i i, I can't tell you how many times i've had something from Either the fact that I've had a fairly broad education uh, and from all of the weird jobs I've done and all the cool people I've gotten to talk to that I bring into uh, my decoration business and the business I've done with other decorators yeah. that have been useful. And I think that's the thing. It's We can't get too narrow-minded about that stuff. We do want to be focused on what's most important to our businesses and what's most important to our, our decoration focus if we're talking about the creative side of it. Yeah. But we want to cast enough of a wide net and understand that bringing all that stuff in and kind of mulching that together, letting that stew in the back of your head is where we get all these ideas and where we start to also, like you said, form the unique version of business that's going to be your stamp that's going to make you interesting. The unique value proposition is also partially based on who you are and what you've consumed, what you've uh, taken in, and how you bring that to bear on the problems of decorating, on the problems, and on the on the things, the solutions that we provide to people yeah. in decoration. Yeah. Yeah. Like Carolyn says, uh, oh, I was a cocktail yeah. waitress, so I'm prolific in bar napkin orders. So. <laughs> people have no idea how much skill that actually takes. <laughs> and on top of it, I'll say as much as that is funny and a joke, everybody who's digitized or done art has actually gotten the napkin sketch, the real honest to goodness, you know, biro, the, the like uh, ballpoint pen on a napkin sketch. 
being able to take somebody's bad input, whether that's a shoddy order or bad art and make something useful out of it is absolutely part of what we need to learn how to do. And taking notes quickly as Terry. Well, this, this show grew out of uh, bar napkin notes. So <laughs> we still <laughs> use that. Show, in our... This podcast. <laughs> yep. Yep. And Carolyn uh, agrees. Many yeah. a bad drawing. Absolutely. <laughs> I have, I've got examples. I got receipts. <laughs> I, can, I can show you the digitizing I've done off of terrible drawings. Well, you know, it, it, and it, this is kind of in uh, Aaron's uh, wheelhouse, but uh, you know, w- when you start a business, you have to look at, okay, here are my strengths here. Here's, yes. here's what I have in my toolbox. What, what's the whole picture though? What, what are all the things that I need to do to be a, in successful in this business? And, and sure. what are the weak areas? How, how do I, how do I either cultivate that or, or contract it or hire the right people as well? Yeah. 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 That that's definitely a huge part of this. And, and uh, like you said, Terry, you've got to be willing and able to go, okay, here's what my current skill set is. Here's like you said, what do I need to cultivate? What do I need to, to grow and improve or bring in, you know, outside, but to then, yeah, have that ability to step back and look at it from a big picture view and, and on, honestly, not to <laughs> try to pitch my workshop here, but that's kind of the whole idea of that, right? Let, let's, let's do that without having to waste a bunch of time and money. Let's plan it and let's look at it. So um, we can get into that. But um, while we're uh, doing some joking, Yosta had one here too, um, <laughs> to look at something from a different angle, one must have a degree. So um, oh, right. <laughs> Yosta. I got to shake my head for you, my man. <laughs> <laughs> all right should Did i do the rim shot in in uh in sweden yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have the uh and i don't have a soundboard like i know everybody's expecting a soundboard i need like the morning dj soundboard right now that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what i'm looking for we can we can get one of those that those might do have plug to in the stream yard might, might have well, to happen <laughs> well you, you know along those lines too that that self-assessment you have to be willing to admit that you know what i'm i'm not very good at this part and, and yeah. some people have a little trouble with that. They, yeah. you know, and we can see it. We can see that out there. We can see through the podcast airwaves that <laughs> you're not very good at this part. <laughs> but that's, that's us too. I mean, and also that's the thing I'm going to tell you, your favorite expert has a weakness. Uh, especially if I'm your favorite expert, there's several, Uh, but for sure, your favorite expert, and I'll even put that in scare quotes for everybody. uh, Your favorite expert has a weakness and people absolutely understand that that, that's real. The thing is a lot of another soft skill is realizing that some of the blocks we have in front of us are kind of emotional blocks are not problems with business. It's problems that we have with ourselves. It's feeling ashamed to ask for help. It's, it's the stuff that, that comes out of kind of, and Hey, I know I'll I'll go ahead and use what I'm going to call an Aaron term, which is probably unfair, but I'll go ahead and use an Aaron term and say limiting beliefs. We have these beliefs about ourselves that cause us to not move forward and it can be pretty damaging. So I'm kind of part of this is not to say certainly the other stuff is business stuff. Uh, business planning and dealing with honestly doing the money part of business doing the marketing part of business a lot of people delve into the creative work because they love the creative work and then don't do the business side of being in business certainly that's a big part of it but even that can get hampered by the fact that people are afraid to do business uh have been raised with this concept that asking for money in in you know recompense for things they do is somehow dirty especially if they come from that weird there's this weird art culture where it's like is it art or creative if i had to get paid for it 
um, ask all of the Renaissance painters who had patrons about say. that. <laughs> um, that people have been painting for art forever. Uh, but yeah, still, there's there's a lot of these weird little beliefs that people kind of internalize, and it causes them to not get done what they could get done. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of it too. That's part of the soft skills or stopping uh, getting too stuck on the concept of some of the hard skills can be a problem too. Because though we're usually complaining about people not thinking about profit, if you go out and just go, I'm here to get money. I'm here to get money. That What is your job? I'm here to get money. You will absolutely not get money if that's the only thing you think yeah. about because yeah. you're going to leave behind something else that's critical or you're going to find, especially in this current market where people are doing things like uh, buying things from people who have purposes and statements that are important or that have causes behind them. If you just show up and go, everybody's my customer because I'm here to make money. You're gonna Why did you something. get into business to get rich? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Do you have anything Ooh. else to offer? We all yeah. wanted that. Yeah. yeah. So that's a given. We all wanted to make some profit. We were all here to make some money. What else is important about you? What's interesting about you? Because that is not interesting. Yeah. Um, that's just the case. And I mean, hey, yeah. I, I'm all about everybody making profit. I would love everybody to make a, a lovely, tidy sum and do well <laughs> and increase the business tenfold. That's awesome it probably won't be enough to run up and just be like, I'm the money guy. I'm like, yeah, we're all the money guy. Now what? <laughs> now what? Well, now what else are you? Yeah. And you could take that even a step further. It's like, sure. you know, okay, I, I got in this to make money. Well, yes and no. Why this? Right. So that, you know, it's just, yeah. you There's other ways to make money. depth of getting deeper into the why, right? Like oh, yeah. you could go out and get the, the J-O-B that just overbroke and make money. Or you can run your own business, right? So why do you want to run your own business? Why do you want the, you know, headaches that come along with that as well? And so, and we all know, and Aaron, especially you've dealt with so many people doing consulting on businesses. Um, When it's hard, when the profit margins are sucking, when the business is not doing well, which will happen to all of us at one point or another, or when you're just looking at a bad quarter, um, if your only reason to do what you do is I'm here to make money, you're having a real rough time. Yeah. There's nothing to help stilt you up. There's no purpose to drive you forward that you will start. If your mood rises and falls with the bar charts, um, (laughs) you're going to have a hard time and you need a little bit more than that to, to keep, to carry you through. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, uh, you have to have a certain level of passion, you know, because it's, it's not easy. And, you know, anybody who thinks, well, I want to work for myself. So I have lots of free time. <laughs> we know the joke. Yeah, being an entrepreneur sure. gives you all uh, gives you uh, uh, the opportunity to work all the hours there are in the day, right? Yeah, <laughs> any and all, and usually yeah. most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yeah, and and it, it becomes that trade off. But but I think you know a lot of that it kind of does fold back into you know what I always say. If you want to add another Aaronism to the <laughs> to the books here, is uh, <laughs> here you know your your reasons have to be yeah. bigger than your excuses as, as an yeah. entrepreneur, because there is nobody sure. holding you accountable. There is no, well, you're not getting your paycheck if you don't show up for work uh, because you aren't getting your paycheck if you don't show up all the time, especially as you're getting started. So anyhow. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, let, let's, let's keep moving forward here a little bit sure. um, because we've got lots of areas to cover and, you know, not saying that it might end up as a two or three part show, but it might end up as a, <laughs> hey, this is a, a great go-to, I think. That's honestly. right. I this agree. is a great go-to. We talk about a lot of the hard skills. This is a yeah. great go-to for yeah. when we're not talking about the hard skills. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let, let's, before we get into that though, yeah. uh, I did find a comment from Carolyn here that yeah, I think I like this one. We, will help us kind of tie up that last sec- segment there too. Um, Carolyn says, sometimes it's difficult to charge my specialty customers for my own uh, initiative to go 
that one step further unless they say do what you want and make it awesome motorcycle guys are awesome about this by the way um you have to balance out what you are charging them for something right so it it, it i guess to me what i'm taking from that and eric would love and terry would love to hear what you guys think of this but what i'm taking from that is yeah that that is that balance right we, we want to do the creative we want to do the awesome things but at a certain level you just can't charge uh, what you need to charge to make that worth yeah. your time I, people think that you know you're charging for the thing but ultimately as decorators what we're actually charging for is our time and experience so yeah um eric you want to dive into that first oh, and then oh no Terry. and this is something i talk about all the time when i'm discussing pricing and profit with my embroidery people i'm like hey we all know when we're getting ourselves into an art project um, when we're doing something that either we're expanding our own boundaries and that can be valuable enough for us to go, all right, this is educational for me. I'm just going to cover my costs that you yeah. can decide to do that, but you should be very clear with yourself and clear with your customer when this is happening. Yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, there are reasons to go above and beyond, but you have to start looking at it and going, all right, if the customer didn't order it and they can't afford it and I didn't offer it, but now I'm deciding to go above and beyond why am I doing that? Does it work for the business? And it certainly can't be the meat of your work. Yeah. Um, I will say, by all means, I consider some of the products I've done that turned into art projects to be entirely worthwhile because they've become show pieces that I use to explain things. They've become, uh, like I said, skill builders that I used to eventually get into the business of doing pieces like that where they were being paid for. So everybody who goes too hardcore and says, if it's not profitable, don't do it. That is not necessarily the case. We have to look at a larger picture. And I think that's where, when we talked about balance, that's it. But there really is this moment where we go, all right, so hard skills and also kind of uh, business thinking has to come in and go, all right, I know what my costs are. I know what my numbers are. I know what time this is going to take. And I need to make a certain amount of money to make this profitable. I need to know that. But I also have to have the freedom to make decisions that allow me to do that work even if it's not ultimately super profitable when it makes sense for other reasons when it's an investment in some other part of my skills or my marketing or an investment in the customer there's a balance to be had the problem is when we don't look at either of those sides that's that's where it comes into into kind of play for me is that sometimes people uh don't look at that and don't allow for one or the other to happen. Either they get totally hardcore and say, I'm only doing this kind of work. And then they cut themselves off from an entire opportunity that might've built into another kind of work for them that might've actually been higher profit margin in the end, or they get so bogged down into the creative side of it that they're not looking at the money at all until the end of the quarter. And they're completely underwater by the time they start doing the books. Yeah. Neither of these is healthy, it's about having a balance between the two. And it means kind of checking yourself on whichever is your weak side of that equation. Yeah. I didn't yeah. make any money, but didn't it look cool? <laughs> well, it's hard not to do that. Though. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, Eric, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just a matter of of growing your own skill set. And, yeah. and so, yeah, let, let's uh, we're, we're going to we're going to. Uh, go a little further because I, I personally want to learn how to do this and, and kind of uh, uh, push our own boundaries. But the other thing and the beauty of what we do is it's out there in the world and yeah. and having the opportunity to get uh, a product out there in the world that other people are going to see and say, hey, where did you get that? That That's like that's like putting part of that uh, the profit that you're losing, it, uh, that's marketing money. And, exactly. And so it's a marketing spend. Get out there. And uh, there's a, a decorator up in Chicago. Uh, and, and it's just a simple thing. But uh, whenever they have a kind of a cool job that they do, they'll print one more 
and then they'll heat apply foil because it's you know plastisol and foil sticks to plastisol they'll they'll do one of those images uh, an additional one with foil on it and put it in the box and so yeah they went a little further they That's they cool. gave away another product but but what happens people call back and go that was so cool hey you know what we want to get some more of those so yeah. uh, you know another reason to kind of go above beyond and and uh, totally. you know putting putting that one more product out there where people will come up to them and say where did that come from so it's an investment yeah yeah and i think we all kind of develop a sense for what customers are going to be potential markets for that or what markets might make sense and like carolyn says here yeah show pieces exactly get you more work most of the time yeah. and the other thing i've told people about that you do have to be careful about what you show when you show something and by the time it is an example that you're selling from, be very clear about what it costs to people. That's where we're talking about profit. Once we've made our yeah. initial show presents out there and people ask about it, that's where we're very clear about what it costs to be profitable after that. The first one, we talk about it with our customer and say, hey, I'm giving you a sweet deal because this is something I want to try out and something I want to work on. If you're cool with that, uh, I just want to talk to you ahead of time and say, I am going to show this piece. I'm going to share it. It's going to be a sample on my wall. I'm going to be posting it everywhere. Is that cool? And if you can make that happen, you can get this really mutually beneficial thing that happens where they talk about the cool piece, you talk about it, they're sharing it in their social media, you're sharing it, and we're getting more work. And that's great. Um, just think about that while you're doing the pieces. I think the problem we have, and certainly the problem I have, is sometimes you will over-refine, overwork a piece because you just feel that's the way it should be, even though that's yeah. not what's being asked for. That's where you got to kind of check your own you know, kind of creative urges versus the, you know, monetary health of your business. Well, yeah. you have to have the, you have to have the bulk of that business going out the door. That is the, is, is the, you know, uh, this, I'm running my equipment at capacity, getting this yes. product out the door and making money on it. So yeah, yeah. You, you can't, gin's going, Terry. yeah, every, everything can't be totally. a, a, an experiment and a, uh, and a, uh, a a show project so uh, not unless you are absolutely charging out of the gate for that and if the one thing i'll say about this i have done this and had this mistake before where i go ahead and charge somebody full price on a thing that i am learning and then we have a problem it doesn't work <laughs> something doesn't work about the crazy idea we all had together now we have to backpedal and that's less fun yeah. so uh yeah make room for that and also i always tell people make time to play and educate yourself make time to play with your equipment we all have the coolest job ever. Why would we not want to play and make cool stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Make time for that, but budget that in. Budget that time in. That's part of your education time. And Terry's totally right. It's a marketing spend. And we yeah. should be thinking of it that way. Yeah. Totally. But then use it that way when you do. You know, show the stuff. Show your work. By all yeah. means, show the kind of work you want to do. Yeah. Just like math class. Show your work. Yeah. Please. <laughs> That's right. That is right. And nowadays you got to bring a lot of paper for that math class to show your work. But that's a whole different story. All right. Well, <laughs> Here's the deal. We've got Eric here with us. Obviously, okay. that makes us feel very comfortable, very safe, right? <laughs> We've got our safety blanket here so we can try new things and know that we're not going to break anything. Uh, so oh, we want to tr try a little bit of a new discussion method here today. I don't, okay. you know, okay. We'll see if in. you're in. Okay. I'm in for and it. So here's what we're going to do. Terry and I are going to throw out some discussion areas to you, Eric. And and if you can help us break down these non-decoration skills, we see businesses kind of really must enhance or or add to their skill set. Um, and and you know what I'd ultimately like to get to with that is you know what are some things that people can do to be able to enhance that. So um, okay. I, I from looking at our list, 
it's almost a certainty that this will be a multi-part show over time, which is <laughs> yeah. fine. There's no way we're going to get to all this, but that's cool. No, not at all, but that's that's the cool part, right? We can always come back to this next time somebody has to cancel last second on us. Um, so uh, if, if you're ready, Eric, I will start. Are you ready? Go for it. Yeah. All right, here we go. Pricing. All right. Here's the first thing I want to bring up with pricing. Um, one model doesn't work for everybody, and there are so many models for how we can like not only produce value, but sell that value to a customer and get money back out of it to get value back out of something. Looking at pricing, I think this is, if we're talking about a non-center scale, everybody will tell you this, uh, know what your numbers are, find out what your normal capacity is. And by the way, when I'm talking about capacity in this case, what is a reasonable amount of stuff that you can produce with your machinery in a reasonable amount of time? Really got to hit that word reasonable hard. Um, you're not going to be at full capacity at all times. You're not going to run every hour of the day that you can. Um, people all talk about that and that's great. You need to keep doing that. If you haven't done the basics of knowing your numbers, finding out the minimum it takes to maintain your business with all the people who need to run it, do that first. The other thing you should do is look at other models. I cannot tell you how many different kind of, uh, sales models I've been involved in over the years with e-commerce and with embroidery and honestly, all manner of decorating printing. You can have business style pricing for one set, B2B style pricing, wholesale pricing for one set of customers. You can have a retail style brand that you're running under another name, under another URL, under a different storefront. You can have uh, direct to customer and you can have these all as a, as a mix that's going on at the same time. So many times I talk to shops and they're trying to set this one pricing rubric that works for everything. And I'm like, if you have a more retail styled experience that you're providing for one particular set of customers, why would they not have a different pricing model yeah. than happens for your wholesale B2B clients? Yeah, Of course they would. You're providing a different experience that does something different that is in a different worldview kind of, if you want to think about it that way. <laughs> there is a different way to price for different people. And I'll say this from, from working internationally a little bit with people doing decoration uh, and e-commerce, there are different ways people price around the world and deal with things like freebies and uh, loss leaders that you may not know about. Go and investigate some different ways to deal with pricing. And then honestly, the, the thing I'll tell people to avoid, avoid the race to the bottom and avoid pricing by committee. Um, looking at the four shops around you and just going a little lower than their average, probably not the best way to handle this and doesn't take into account your equipment or your unique business strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I actually my, do a, my take. Uh, awesome. I actually do a seminar on the three pricing strategies to avoid and then what to do instead. <laughs> and you hit you hit two of the three. So uh, that uh, and, race to the bottom uh, pricing totally. by committee, right? That yep. the asking my Facebook group to uh, tell me what to price my product, <laughs> even though they have zero idea about what my company totally. is all about. So I'm going to um, say no matter what the subject is, uh, asking your Facebook group is not one of the strategies you should be using. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's lovely to know this stuff and to know what people are talking about market for industry. Minimums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine for market research. The problem is I see people who are sweating, especially in the embroidery world, somebody who will be sweating about pricing and they're talking about pricing from someone who's got a hundred heads and they have one. Yeah. It just is not the same game. And honestly, the same clients aren't going to make sense for those two shops. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay. There's no yeah. problem with that, but you need to look for the clients that make the best sense for your shop and your uh, and your methods. And that it may be in like we talked about, it might be your background that makes that happen. Might be the niche you decide to sell into that yeah. changes how you do pricing. Uh, I'll actually go ahead and give you a real uh, version of this. Uh, working with uh, 
hospitals. I worked with a big hospital chain wherein, yes, we did orders that were bulk orders for the hospital. The hospital itself had a business to business style order that they would do hundreds of pieces. However, we then sold directly to the employees and we did it as a retail style web store where they bought individually and had stuff shipped to them individually. Yeah. Do you guys think that I pay, they paid exactly the same, that the hospital paid the same prices as the individual customers <laughs> buying their stuff? Terry, go no. ahead. I'm going to say no. not the people who were getting a retail styled experience were paying retail style prices because we had to be really high and say ooh 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 but yeah most most people haven't haven't seen welcome back cotter so (laughs) no totally i mean that's that's the thing Uh, well, the, the, <laughs> the interesting thing here is, you know, like we talked about at the, at the outset, is the different diversities, different places people it come is. from. Inside the OSG community, everybody that kind of comes in contact, the one question that we ask everybody um, as they come into our world is, what is the biggest challenge in your business? And over the course of the two and a half, almost three years that we've been doing this, 75% of all those people have indicated that pricing is the biggest challenge in their business. And, and, and I think a lot of it does come from exactly right. There's people want to make it too simple. They want to have one, one, as you mentioned, Eric, one rubric to rule them all. And, and then and the other one side Excel of spreadsheet. Sorry, it's yeah. <laughs> like a sore spot for me. Yeah, I, and I love my spreadsheets. Sure, but, you know, but at the same time, you have to. Pricing's an art, and I think people want to make it too much of science. You have to have definitely some quote unquote science behind it. Sure, but ultimately, like you said, pricing's an art. The different customer groups and and what your your goals are and and what their goals are. Um, are, are going to be different. So you have to be able to have a framework that then allows you to be flexible with it. And because the other interesting part of this um, from that information where I said, you know, 75% of people say pricing's their challenge. Well, when I was out at Everything Embroidery Market, I did five different business classes out there. And in every single class, I asked people how many people knew exactly how much it cost them to be in business each day. What, what do you think the percentage of people that knew that was? And I may have Five. already given this away. <laughs> the crazy part was, yeah. I mean, obviously this was not a, a true scientific uh, poll, sure, um, sure. but nobody was willing to fess up that they did. So it was 0% of, wow. of 150 different businesses out there um, that, that didn't know what their numbers yeah. were. And, and you mentioned yeah. that earlier, Eric, that you've got to know your numbers to start and then you can make a pricing program uh you know you kind of refine your art at that point of, of how to price so um well yeah. and, and let me, i want to comment about that as well yeah. because uh and, and that's the thing that i that that you know the flag went up for me when uh eric was talking about uh, how much it knowing what you're capable of doing and and i did write a book about this estimating production time for textile <laughs> screen printing <laughs> available on it near you yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, there a couple of things uh, one thing is people will uh, set their their costs of, of producing something, uh, their their production availability on what they wish they could do, and not what <laughs> they're doing today. What not what they're capable of doing today, and and, yeah. and that's a hard thing to admit. And and when somebody says, "Hey, I'm going to price the same as as company X Y Z across the street," 
their their capability is entirely different than your capability. Maybe yeah. you can do twice as much than, than they can, or maybe you can do half as much as they can, but you have to base it on what you can do. And, and yeah. uh, you know, in screen printing, one of the things that, that people will do is, okay, well, I'm going to figure out how, how, how long it takes me to do a four color job. Sure. Okay. Stopwatch ready, go. And, and, yeah. and they start printing 72 shirts and guess what? They print them as fast as they could possibly print them. And that becomes <laughs> our estimated production time. And yeah. you're never going to pr produce at that rate ever again, because in the real world, you know, there are things yeah. that interrupt your, you're producing those garments. You have to use real numbers and it's, it's a hard thing to, to admit can can you improve on your numbers? Absolutely, but Surely. but you're you know I I've, I've consulted with people who have said we pay bonuses to our printers every week for exceeding production, and we're always two weeks behind in production. It's because the numbers you're using are not realistic numbers, yeah. and so anyway. No, uh, I I agree. I, I, I mean, could go on and on about it, but you can read it in my book, Estimating Production. <laughs> you give me the link for that. I could have put that up right there. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a couple of things that I want to bring out in the comments. I think this yeah. is true. First, of course, being funny, Eric from uh, Northwest uh, <laughs> says, uh, so you're saying to not find the lowest price competitor in your area and say you can beat their price by 10%. No, <laughs> please don't. Because every time somebody does that, I'm like, I, I have, and this is the, I always tell people I have a mean way of saying things and a nice way of saying things, depending on how a customer comes to me the energy they come to me with and uh when a customer is really beating me down over price the mean way i say this is like they'll come to me and say oh i've got this guy he's gonna do it for half what you guys are gonna do i said that's cool you should go do that man go get that guy to print your shirts in six months when they're out of business you can go ahead and come back to me and i'll take care of you and that's <laughs> the that's the mean way the other mean way is oh that's cool i got i got 50 percent of my customers pay more than you uh, but yeah i know some people who pay more than you're willing to that th these things are both true and the funny thing about it it's kind of what Keith says. Uh, really, a lot of people are afraid to quote a price they know they should be getting. Once you get over that fear, price becomes much easier. If you're good at what you do, the customers will pay your price. If they don't, they may not be your ideal customer. Yeah. We want all customers without thinking that customers also have a value. The same way we're worried about a customer judging us, we should be judging our customers to some degree and say, is this a customer that fits with us? Are they paying what we are worth? Yeah. Yes, I know when we're struggling, sometimes we got to get out there and get jobs. If you're if your needles aren't moving, this is a much harder discussion to have with yourself. And I get that 100 percent. But ultimately, in your business, you cannot take unprofitable customers and keep running through the system. I will tell you, having been at a shop that's doing this evaluation and having consulted with shops doing this evaluation, very rarely do I find a shop that they don't go through their list and look at the profitability of their big customers and find out that one of the customers that they think is clutch just moves the money around. You will have one big customer in your shop that you think, they're, man, they're bringing in garments all the time. We're selling it to them. And I'm like, yeah, they came in pretty early in your shop and you had them on a certain kind of pricing and they've been getting this sweet deal forever and you haven't updated their pricing in the last 10 years. And all you're doing is moving money around between you two. Nobody's making any profit. We're just grinding money back and forth. It's barely skating by because there's somebody who's bringing in volume. You're just keeping your needles moving and nobody's making money. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's not great. And there's yeah. a lot of those customers. You end up, we always say you have about, you know, 80% of your time is going to 20% of your profit. <laughs> and the customers really, if we could get rid of the less profitable customers and have more time to associate with the people who are bringing in more profit, we would make more money overall or 
or be able to work less, which is also a fine goal to have is not to be killing yourself to make that same amount of money. Yeah. I mean, there's no problem with that. Um, one other thing I, I, I kind of like this too. This is just to, to, to put a cap on pricing. Eric says, uh, Eric Mickelson says to price, all you need is a calculator, yellow paper, tablet, number two pencils, a sandmark price list, decide how much money you need to make to have fun on the weekend. You're good to go. <laughs> um, as much as you might laugh at that, here's the, the real thing about this though. If you know your costs and you know what you want to make and you know what time you have, you can do this. You price backward, go, I want to make this much profit per hour. Now you know how to price if you know how long a job will take and you know what you're capable of. Yes. Yeah. That it, it is it can be that simple. It's not as simple as that sounds. Yes. But it's also not necessarily the soul searching problem that it can be. And I think that yeah. really comes from people, especially people who come from the craft or the art world, where they they did something as a passion. They might have even done it for free for people at some point or for very little because they were enjoying themselves. Um, there's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself at your job and still making profit. Like you yeah. should be doing that. That's the yeah. concept. We're all yeah. hoping that's what happens. But let's be really clear. Eric's yes. comment was tongue in cheek. So let's let's just be yeah, clear. Of course, on that. it um, was. It was. There's more than that. But yeah. you can work backward like that. You that's you absolutely totally can. But if I could go back to Keith's uh, comment yeah. real quick too, he said, you know, once you get over that fear, well, he, here's the here's what I've discovered is that fear um, comes from a lack of confidence, right? You're, you're not willing to charge what you know deep down that you're worth because you lack confidence. But what happens is inside of that fear, we, we get that fear because we lack the confidence and we lack the confidence because we haven't done the work to get the information, right? We, I talked about how nobody knew what it cost them to operate their business on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, this does take some work, but just like you were talking about, we, it doesn't need to be this, we've got to hike to the top of the mountain and, and get the wise guru. It means you've got to sit down and have a system to figure out how much does it actually cost me to be in business? You know, I've got my cell phone, I've got, you know, part of my mortgage, I have to pay myself, right? That's the big thing that most people miss is, oh, well, I'm just getting started out, so I can't pay myself. I'm not saying you have to actually physically put a paycheck in your pocket, though you should move money back and forth. There's a that's a whole different story. Um, but you, you you know you can reinvest, but you do need to pay yourself. So what what is it that you need to make to cover your personal expenses? That should be included in there. And 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 so just having that formula, and once you do that work, then you gain that confidence, right? You've gained that right. confidence that okay, I know just at a glance, you know, if it costs me a hundred dollars an hour to be in business, then if something takes me an hour, I need to be charging a minimum of a hundred dollars. And now you've got confidence that you can price. So that's, you know, again, so I love what Keith said. He's exactly right. Um, I just wanted to get deep into how we can get over that fear. Right. Well, so. and I think this is the other, like I said, one more last comment on, on that yeah. whole fear thing. Um, I think part of what also yes, happens yes. is people, yeah, yeah sure, sure, last, yeah. I'm sure. This is like every, all of us designers who who name something final, BS. Uh, yeah, it's never the last one. Final version two, final version five. Yeah, all right. So a comment about pricing, and this is about price, but it's about fear. Whenever we're looking at anything about our business or our skills that we're afraid of, one of the things that's happening, I think, and in, in talking to people, I think I've got some basis to say this, is that you're afraid you don't have the skill or you're afraid that you're not profitable. The thing is, not investigating it won't change that. 
if you're not profitable, right. you're not profitable. You just don't know that because you didn't run the numbers. It doesn't mean you're suddenly okay. It's very much like saying, I'm afraid I might be sick, so I'm not going to go to the doctor. That didn't make you well. That means you just don't know. You're just operating in the dark. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, I it's totally like a, understand it. It's like a two-year-old doing this, you know? And yeah. for our podcast listeners, I'm covering my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's ostrich bowed, and we all get there. Everybody has this point where we're like, I know that if I look into my calendar, I've overscheduled myself, so I'm just not going to look at the calendar. That doesn't change the amount of stuff you have to do and the fact that you're not going to make your dates. And it doesn't change the fact that your bills are due and you're not going to have the money in the bank for the, for the bills in the account. Um, it, I, I'm not going to say it's not hard, of course it is. All of us are, are averse to pain and suffering. We're all averse to knowing things that are difficult. That's absolutely true. The thing is, you can't plan against those problems, really. I mean, you, you cannot plan against those problems uh, unless you know what they are. You can't formulate a plan unless you can see those things. And frankly, if we do it ahead of the fact, like when we're talking about pricing, if we do pricing the right way, we won't have to be worrying about it on the back end because we will have charged the amount we needed to on the front end. So part of that is understanding that if we fix some of these root problems, we won't have the fear of the things that come on the back end. We won't have the symptoms of not having done it. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, uh, and, and, you know, let me add, yeah. and, and, and uh, I am also <laughs> it wasn't the last, thing. last comment, last comment. <laughs> I'm, a spreadsheet, I'm a spreadsheet nerd too, but, yeah, totally. but once you do the work of building that, here's what it costs me, then it's easy to go back when things yeah. change and just drop in that next number and then just, just look over here at, at what, what the total is now. Or it, once, you, once you sit down and, as I've talked about before, once you sit down and be your own consultant for a little while yeah. uh, and you build it, then you can just uh, manipulate it, play with it, do different things. And um, Kim's always making fun of me about plugging things into my weekly budget. Uh, my weekly budget has also five tabs of <laughs> different things that you can do with your budget. And so, but that's, that's current comes from being uh, a spreadsheet nerd. So Terry, we're, we're actually now called data hipsters, just FYI. So data, what hipsters, more cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Some good comments now. Quick, uh, yeah, we're probably going to have to start uh, <laughs> we'll wrapping button up. This up. We, we tried to one new. of those topics. It didn't work. Yeah, there was nine <laughs> things on the list. We probably shouldn't one. have started with pricing. Just nope. FYI, now now we know, right? Only 458 episodes yeah, to figure you know, that out. I will say uh, this, though. I think we did bring the soft skills aspect to it, though. Yes, we brought we the non-standard skills aspect to it. I think that yeah. is helpful. Yeah. I don't think we... Yeah. We talk about pricing, and we go into the spreadsheets, and we go into the you know cost analysis, <laughs> and that's good, and we should still do that. But I'm glad we talked a little bit about the reactions that we have to it that aren't just based on numbers. I Correct. Think that's good. I agree. I, I agree. That's worthwhile. And we technically, based on looking at these things on the list, we could have nine separate shows here. So, <laughs> or eight more, right? Um, <laughs> we got you covered, people. Yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> All right. Well, um, real quick, Eric says, yeah, uh, I think it. this is a good good point here. A backhoe operator is $150 per hour. Mechanic makes $175 per hour. A lawyer makes $400 per hour. But for some reason, graphic artists charge $60 an hour. You yeah. don't have to. <laughs> well, I, I have to shout out to Eric also, Eric Mickelson, uh, that he uh, was the person who knew that on Welcome Back, Cotter, the guy raising his hand like this, ooh, 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 was uh, Arnold Horshack. <laughs> There's where that broad experience comes into play. You never know when a customer is going to be like, I like that guy. He knows Horshack. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got, we've had some great comments from the regulators. Thank you guys oh, yeah. so much. Um, 
well so let's see here yeah we are we are just about out of time I, is is there a a five things i, I, I think we'll 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 leave the five things okay. off. I originally yeah, I like was going to do a five things. Uh, what I will say, I would like to kind of wrap up a couple of these things and just say yep. as kind of a final thought for this stuff, since I, I turned into the guest today for no reason, aside from just, I guess, coming up with the comment or the, the content for today. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll say this. I think we do have things we have to cultivate and we have things that are already in us that we might not know our skills, might not know our strengths. The things that make you weird are the things that make you interesting. Uh, when you were a kid and you were worried about your weird interests and things that you liked, that stuff and revealing that stuff makes you interesting to the class of people who are your tribe later on. Yes. So, you know, embrace a little bit of what makes you you for sure. But I think there's some things we can cultivate. And among them, the biggest ones for me, communication, anything we can do to make ourselves understood clearly with people and to communicate at the right times the information that is necessary is useful so anything you can do to pursue better clearer communication is useful i think that is absolutely the case no matter what part of the industry you're in and curiosity if you don't have a curious attitude toward this you don't maintain the beginner mindset you don't look for new things to consume that help you expand uh, you will eventually kind of ossify. You will, you know, turn into a rock. You will not change. You will get stuck in your own ways. So keep on consuming, but consume out there in a broad way. Don't think it's just us. I mean, hey, love you guys are with us. If all you do is listen to industry podcasts, pick a couple others, please. Uh, pick a couple <laughs> other books that aren't industry books, that aren't self-help books, that aren't this, Eric. business books. Saying. <laughs> you know, I, I love you guys talking to us, but you know, I I think that also mix in some stuff that's outside of the field that you think you you might usually want to be in, and you know, consume some of that stuff and bring it to bear on yeah. on on all these problems. I think that's yeah, it. Can, so communication, curiosity are huge. Yeah, I agree. And and one other quick, can I if I can yeah, add I, to that, Eric? Yeah, I have one about, other, but go for it. Yeah. Jump in, jump in. You talked about consuming, though. I just wanted yeah. to kind of jump in there. I think the other thing that's really important that uh, I've seen a lot of people struggle with for whatever reason is yeah. they do spend a lot of time consuming, right? It's like they're sitting in front of a television. But the reality is, if you're ever going to move forward, you then also have to take action, right? So yes. we talked about a bunch of things inside of pricing today. Well, what are you going to go do with that information, right? Oh, yeah. Are you going to go make sure that you do know your your numbers and, and how are you going to do that? So um, I think taking action is also something important. Oh. So I apologize well, for Oh, no, no, no. In, in fact, that, it, that actually kind of finishes up. I had four things I was going to kind of bring in. That's why I didn't have a five things. But um, <laughs> this is the con the concept for me talking about consuming stuff. It's more like instead of uh, instead of saying, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to say you should go out there and just take in a bunch more stuff, spend more time scrolling. Absolutely not. More more than I'm saying, curate the things you consume. Don't just consume all in one category. Don't just listen to one echo chamber. Don't just stay in the industry place. Don't just stay in your one fun place either. Consume some broad other stuff and let yourself get a little more expansive. But also the other two things I was going to say, the other kind of two C's here um, would be creation for sure. Get out there and make things and share them. Uh, by all means, you need to take action. You can't steer a parked car. Uh, so even if you're worried about the direction you're going, well, you're not going in any direction if you're not doing anything. Yeah. And the last one, which is also massive, is compassion. Uh, when you're talking to people, you have to take the the chance to care, to care about what they're doing, to care about their business, to care about them personally. And trust me, if a client feels that you care about what they're doing, even if it's just on the level of being jazzed about the project you're doing with them, they're going to feel that and that's going to come back to you. 
So that's that's the other kind of part of that. I could have had five things. I need one more C, guys. <laughs> I could have had the five C's say, today. And I there is your four things for the day. We just There's didn't have the graphic for it. <laughs> yeah. Do we have an intro for that? It's four no, things. No, not yet. The four <laughs> things. No, I don't like the four things. It's missing something. It's it's off. It's off. But yeah, seriously. With Eric, so, with Eric we need one that says it's six things. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's called the bonus thing. It's still five things. Five is a nice round number. You can hold up your hand yeah. and count it off. It's great. <laughs> you don't mess with the formula. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I think that's the thing, guys. It, it, it is. It, it's about just thinking about your skills. Certainly what you have already on hand, but about cultivating those things that, uh, hey, that make you interesting as a business and that make you better as kind of a, a steward of our business. And as someone who's interacting with people, hey, that's where that's what it's really about. I think that um, I'm much happier to have somebody who has great soft skills who I can train on hard skills, who I can train on technical stuff. I think if you've got great soft skills, you're going to make an employee for someone anywhere who's someone who's going to be happy to have. And you're going to make a great entrepreneur if you can bring that, you know, communication, curiosity and caring to everything you do. I think you're going to be ahead of the game when it comes time to learn to digitize <laughs> or to learn to, you know, put some stitches down, to put some ink down somewhere where it needs to be. We can teach you that. We've got you for that. Yeah. The other stuff you may have to spend some time thinking about. And certainly I think it does go into things like pricing. It does go into things like marketing and what we do with our niche and what we do when we're explaining our, our elevator pitch. All of these come from how we consider ourselves and you know what we bring to the table and what we're trying to bring to the people we're selling to, what yeah. we're trying to bring to the community. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Well, Eric, while we have you here, in, in, unless there's one more thing. No, no, I think I think, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any more last comments about the last comment we made? No, no, no more last comments. All right, okay. Eric, okay. what do you got coming up here, sir? All right, so what I have coming up is the take up as every Friday uh, this week. It's episode 119, examining embroidery, seeing stitches and samples, where I'm going to talk about how we can learn from existing embroidery and translate what we see in sample pieces, or maybe in our retail research, or as uh, Jay Basel says, R&D, ripping off and duplicating, <laughs> which is the, the, the bad way of putting it, uh, how we can check out samples and see stitch types and settings and shapes from an existing embroidery, whether we're making something new inspired by it, or we've been contract to reproduce a piece, I'm going to talk about looking at embroidery and figuring out how it was put together. So uh, head over to ericcampbell.com, click on the take up tab at the top for the full playlist, and you'll see the latest episode is right there. Big thumbnail in living color writing for you to click on it. Uh, also, coming up fairly shortly it feels like it's getting closer and closer uh <laughs> fort worth impressions is my last big in-person class for this year and making small run patches will be happening the day before the show so don't don't just plan to show up and roll in rockstar day of the show you want that long class you're going to have to plan for one extra night before that because uh, i will be in the day before the show starts also if you want to check out uh, my latest article images magazine out in the uk is carrying up uh, mixed media made simple so images uh, hyphen magazine.com is where you're going to find that in their latest digital issue uh, page 58 i love the little flip book they do for that stuff still fun if you're a magazine lover uh, <laughs> you'll find mixed media made simple where i talk about doing mixed media with embroidery so print and embroidery stuff together done simply awesome all right uh, excellent all right well everybody check all that out eric thank you so much um thank you part two coming soon part yeah. three coming well, shortly after that i will let you guys <laughs> close the show and be producer eric again awesome all right terry well eric uh, mickelson says uh, you guys always pump me up for the day thank you for all the education you provide the industry you are awesome. very welcome awesome all right terry what about you what's coming up for you sir 
Well, everything you hear about DTG printing on the internet is wrong. That will be July 21st from 11 to 12.30 at Graphics Pro Expo, the Meadowlands, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, also, I have DTG DTF Summer Camp. That's going to be July 28th at Equipment Zone in Franklin Lakes, uh, New Jersey. And you can sign up for that at equipmentzone.com. That is filling up very quickly. So if anybody's interested in coming, uh, you should get signed up. My next complete screen screen printing business course uh, in Chicago with Atlas Screen Supply is August 27th and 28th. Nice. Uh, my new screen printing class at Equipment Zone in New Jersey, uh, that's the New York City area, will be September 10th and 11th. And my next class in Phoenix at Workhorse Products will be September 17th and 18th. And all my upcoming classes are on my website, terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron? Excellent. Awesome. Um, well, as we talked about at the top of the show, I, I do have that workshop coming up uh, a week from tomorrow called Growing Your Business Effortlessly. And this will be different than just a, a typical training. This is a, a true workshop. So there's going to be exercises to be done during during the workshop and, and, a, and a mastermind at the end where we debrief and, and really kind of put things into action. So this isn't just a, oh, I can just listen and and tune in. This is a, you, you get to work, you start building your strategic plan for your business. Um, you know, some of the things we talked about today, honestly. And so, uh, if you want to go to our successgroup.com forward slash grow, you can sign up for that. We have, uh, both, uh, just showing up and, and here's the other thing about that, Terry, I guess I'll mention real quick. Um, as we kind of talked about in, in pricing and it's way back, Kristen had talked about, you know, when she's doing something new that she wants to try that she won't charge more for it. Um, well, that that's this will be the only time that this workshop is this price. I, I do plan to continue the, going with this, but uh, this is kind of the introductory, let's get it out there to the world and, and get as many people signed up. So this is your chance to uh, get it at these low, low prices that we've got them set at. Um, so that's happening again, July 15th. It'll be in the afternoon. So it's a, I decided to do it on a Saturday. So just in case those folks that, you know, do have the day job that they have an opportunity to, uh, to start building their, their side hustle there <laughs> to get it, get it moving forward. So, um, so that's happening July 15th going to take a, a breather from, I've just got back from three weeks of travel. So <laughs> nothing else really planned for a little bit, but, uh, September 11th, I will be, um, participating in a, uh, a whole series of 30 experts over 30 days called the small business skills summit. It's actually out of Australia. So um, I'm one of the few Americans that'll be speaking. So you'll get some enjoyable Australian accents if you check out the rest <laughs> of them. But <laughs> um, so yeah, that's going to be happening uh, for, for a whole 30 days. Obviously my session is on September 11th. And if you go to osg.link forward slash skills summit, make sure you get those two S's in the middle skills summit. You can check it out. Uh, my session will be called Conquering Fear and Thrive. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. Uh, a couple days later, I will be off to Charlotte, North Carolina for the Graphics Pro Expo. And uh, the day before, I get to be the host MC of the Start Here Academy. And uh, I'll be highlighting the three amazing makers and influencers. You guys have met some of them here, Stan Banks and Lisa Potts. And then we also have Eve um, Lowry and uh, so it's going to be a really cool, fun event the night before, and then we'll be hanging out uh, with the folks at Graphics Pro the rest of the time there in North Carolina at Charlotte. So uh, go check that out. Um, and uh, if you want the short link, it's osg.link forward slash SHA for the, those of you listening on the podcast side here. Uh, 
after that, heading over to Sublimation Summit in Peachtree City, Georgia. Some more, more details coming up on that, but that's September 23rd. And then uh, another whirlwind trip for me. Uh, the next day, I will be moving on to Myrtle Beach, North Carolina. Um, I get to take this trip with my dad, actually. We're going to go enjoy Myrtle Beach after the Everything Embroidery Market as well. But that's September 24th. Um, and then short break, and then uh, we will be heading out as the two regular guys to Printing United in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, October 19th through the 21st. There will be a two regular guys booth there, plus lots of other activities. I'm actually meeting with the folks at Printing United here next week to kind of start getting some details lined out for everything. But uh, really excited about Printing United coming up October 19th through the 21st. So look for more details on that. All hey, right. At your uh, at Small Business Skills Summit out of Australia, will they be serving Vegemite sandwiches for lunch? Do you know? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. It's BYOV. <laughs> uh, that was another head shake from Eric. In fact, that was actually so bad that that was like a uh, like hand. Palm He's going to say it. He's going to say it. <laughs> Oh, my. Okay. Well, on that note, Eric, or Terry, before Eric cuts us off is what I meant to say. Um, we have come to the close of another show and we do want to thank Eric Campbell for being our guest today. What a wonderful bit of information that he shared. And uh, yeah, now we've got two or three more parts coming soon. So look for yeah, that in August. We also want to thank uh, Eric as our show producer for pushing all the buttons in the background while he was talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did a fantastic job of, uh, he, he was also juggling. I don't know if you guys saw that. He had some juggling <laughs> that he was doing at the same time. Um, and uh, so next week, Terry, we've got Gloria LaFont, who's going to be joining us to talk about SEO, website traffic, and anything else, marketing, uh, somebody wonderful that we met over on LinkedIn. And uh, she's going to be sharing some great information that you can put into use right away in your business. So make sure you tune in next week at 10 a.m. Center of the Universe Central Time uh, every Friday, 10 a.m. You see us here, even if it's not just me. And, and uh, one other quick thanks is thanks to you and Eric and everybody else who uh, has been covering for me for the last two weeks. Uh, I'm not sure. What I've heard is the show's better. So I don't know how to take that. All right. Until next week, I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And we are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.